0: One of the joys of, um, of waiting on the Lord is when He begins to release His heart. And you can actually feel His heart for His church. It is just one of the most phenomenal things I've ever experienced. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I love pastoring is I, I get to step into that place where He lets me feel his devotion and his love for you. And, um, you know, it's very, very rare that I've ever heard him be critical. I've, I've heard him be firm uh, uh, and speak the truth, but it's always been in love. And uh, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the leadership that God has put in place. He's the one that comes and buffers, and he speaks to us of his thoughts about you. And um, believe me, he is really jealous over us. He delights in us. We are his joy. And uh, I was quite content to have Ramesh minister today, but I began to feel that burning. And uh, I I just feel that we need to just close our hearts in with him right now and just just say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What, what are you saying to me? Give me ears to hear. And, and his word will change us if we let it go in. And I'm just going to um, start by reading Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But, and this is a big but, I trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. The kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is the government that we have submitted ourselves to and that we actually get to participate in Matthew 11:12 says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men and women lay hold of it. Another version says that the violent take the kingdom by force. This is crazy guys. At our weakest points, the Lord calls us violent. At some of our weakest places, he says, "I've got an army." This is not a statement of violence or mean religious uh, becoming uh, religious and mean spirited, is it? But when the when he talks about um, being violent, it means enforcing God's word, not letting go of it, believing God's promises regardless of the circumstances, because. We are believing in who He is, not how He does uh, things, not how He answers our prayers. We're not putting our trust in uh, in anything like that. We're putting our trust in His heart, in His very nature, and that is where we stand. That is where our strength comes from. We're not forgetting His promises. We're pressing past until we actually have breakthrough. I was, I was thinking of of uh, what what an army does. An army for uh, marches forward. Well, what happens when they get to the fortress where they are to break through? They don't just stand and look at that wall and go, "Well, I guess this is as far as we come. It's impossible." No, an army has strategy. The army looks to the captain of the host and there are strategies to either take down that wall or climb that wall. Whatever it takes, there's got to be a breakthrough. And we serve the, the captain of the hosts and he is not distant from us. He, he more than anyone has rallied us to break through and climb over that wall. And if any, if we just stopped, that would be like the army would just disintegrate. But this is what he's saying. I I have never called just one person to break down a wall. I've called all of you to stand together in rank and to lean in together to be jealous over each other, to get each other's backs. This is why his church exists, because it is truly family. But we are an army, and we are a force to be reckoned with. The kingdom of God is advancing, and forceful men and women take hold of it. Is there a yes in your spirit? Is there a yes? When I invited Jesus into my heart, I had to get to that place where there was a yes. I surrender. It doesn't matter. I surrender. Yes, Lord. And every time I've hit a test, I come back to that same place. What were the terms of my surrender? Yes, Lord. And He's the one that works in us to will and to do of His good pleasure and today, if you're facing that wall, if there's something impossible, look for the yes. And if you can't say yes, then cry out to him and lean on him like the psalmist. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? And this is the yes. I will trust in Him, in his unfailing love. The worst enemy that I've ever faced and I think uh, in any situation is the enemy, sometimes just even my soul, where I lose my trust in God, where I perceived his promise or I perceived his word but I had my own spin on it and I thought I could, you know, I thought I was tracking with him but I didn't and I lost the plot. Anybody with me on that one? It's a test, believe me. But at the crux of every test, the enemy is after that one thing, trust, trust in God. And if we walk away from God, or if we push him away, or keep him at arm's length, and we can do that. We can think we're in relationship with him, but just, you know, I'm not talking to you right now. We got nothing to talk about. I'm not renouncing you, but you know what? I'm giving you the silent treatment. You gave me the silent treatment, I'm giving it right back. That is something that um, the Lord is after in our hearts because he is trying to strengthen our obedience. When he allows things, like the seed of his word that goes in the ground and like the natural picture of the seed going to, into the ground, the, gr- the soil is the pressure that works away and eventually cracks open that seed. And it might not be the enemy. It just might be that we need to crack open and choose to trust again. I believe that those things that I cling to, that I am tested on in my relationship with God, sometimes those very, very good blessings, those very good promises, actually become the idols in my life that make me lose heart. And the best thing that you can do with something that hasn't turned out the way you thought is give it to Jesus quickly. Say yes to Him. I surrender all. Maybe that thing needed to be surrendered a little bit sooner. It pays to push all of those things that we value and treasure, push them into his presence and say, I surrender all. I surrender all. I've noticed that blessings don't turn into blessings unless they're in that place of surrender to him. But boy, oh boy, when I do surrender things to him, the sweetness, the things that that come to life, He's the only one that knows how to bring life to bear in those areas. So, God has been speaking to me for a few weeks, Isaiah 55. I'm going to turn to it. We're going to start by reading um, God's heart, His promises. And he warns us of, of things that are coming. And this is what he says. As the heavens, verse, uh, Isaiah 55, verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. The Lord is making declarations here. He says, it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this is his promise. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I think this is the most amazing picture of God's goodness, that those mountains, what's a mountain represent? It, it, it represents problems, obstacles, that wall. You can't get, you'd you just like to blow that mountain out of the water. Well, this mountain, in the presence of God, It turns around, and that's where our rejoicing comes from. Because even nature has to line up to God's will. The trees of the field will clap their hands. What a beautiful picture of us being able to rule over the areas of influence that we have. And our faith isn't in our power to take down those mountains mountains. Or our power to make things happen but our eyes are fixed on him and he is the one that moves mountains we are getting ready to experience joy unspeakable but I'm gonna give you a fair warning a season of joy and a lifestyle of joy is not a problem-free life when do you need joy you need joy when there is an absence of joy. You need joy when you need strength. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when he says you're going to go out in joy and be led forth in the peace, in peace, he's not talking about circumstances. He is talking about who he is. He is joy. He is the essence of everything that we could ever want or desire. There, there's just something mind-boggling about living in his joy when nothing, 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 nothing makes sense or feels right, and yet he has you in this place where you just know that you know that you know that the goodness of the Lord endures forever, and he's got it. My daddy's got this. And how do you know that you're there? because you will release songs of joy, songs of deliverance. And the Lord himself will meet you in that place right down deep on the inside where there has been sorrow. And he will deliver us from sorrow and sadness. The Lord is saying to us over and over again, let the spirit of thanksgiving rest on you. Our biggest weapon is thanksgiving. We begin by thanking him for, for little things. We begin by making our lists of, uh, you know, I, th- I thank you, Lord, for warmer weather. I thank you, Lord, for running water and for toilets that flush. <laughs> Catch a fire. We can, we can thank the Lord for the little things. And then we grow in our thankfulness and our muscle gets stronger and stronger. And I've found that thankfulness is never enough. Suddenly I find myself praising him for what he has done. I'm starting to remember what he did. We have to cultivate this because everything in in our lives, um, our soulish life is hostile towards God. It doesn't remember what he did from one day to the next. We draw it back. We, we pull on that, and thankfulness helps us to remember the, who, uh, not just what God's done, because he wants to give us the most amazing testimonies day after day after day. In fact, I'm going to give you a challenge. When you come to church, make sure you've got a testimony, even if you weren't to share it. You'd be ready to declare the works of the Lord in the congregation. If we say, does anyone have a testimony, we should all be rising to our feet because he has been so good to us. But we have to remember what he's done. We, we just don't. We cultivate this because it's intimacy. And then we go from praise to worship where we, we all of a sudden realize Through the testimonies, my goodness, what a good, good God he is. How gracious, how kind, how merciful, how forgiving. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. And and we get mesmerized by his beauty. And we are, when we're in a place of worship, it's like, Oh my God, I never want to leave your presence. I never have to leave your presence. How good is that? Oh, my goodness. And he is inviting us to step into this place of joy unspeakable and full of glory where we get to initiate this clapping of our hands, dancing in our feet, allowing his harmony to rise up in us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just feel lethargic. Sometimes that's just because I'm inactive. But that resistance sometimes is the enemy saying to us, you are subject to me. Well, I'm going to challenge you, rise up and say, I will not. Be a victim to this. I will sing to the Lord who has been good to me. And if you can't sing with syllables, you, you can hum in your spirit. Your spirit knows the song of the Lord, and your spirit will begin to kick in. It'll sound pretty dry at first, but you let the song of the Lord rise up in you. He wants to baptize us with his Holy Spirit and fill us with his power. He wants to release his power, and how is he going to do it? He's going to do it from in here. Don't wait for a revival. It isn't going to happen. The revival is going to happen in here, in you. And when enough of us are able to recognize who's Lord in our lives, we're going to rise up, see ourselves as part of the army of the living God, and step forward. Isaiah 35. The ransomed or the redeemed of the Lord will return. Each one of us have experienced things in our life that were devastating or we've experienced loss or disappointment. Most of all, we were sitting in darkness and he found us, and we have been translated into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. And we are called the redeemed of the Lord. Says the ransomed and the redeemed of the Lord will return and they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. I just want you to see right now the Lord with his hands on your head. Do you know that you have the mind of Christ? Are you eating his words? Are you thinking his thoughts? Well, if you are, the, that everlasting joy, his very nature will encounter you. And this is what the scripture says. Gladness and joy will overtake you. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. What does what flee away mean? It's like turning the lights on, and the darkness is gone. When we when we fix our eyes on Him, sorrow and sadness flee away. I, uh, Ramesh and I had something happen um, on Friday. Well, it's been happening longer than Friday. Um, we are part of a pastor, a Canadian pastors. Um, we call them cluster groups, where we meet on Zoom uh, with our, our buddies from across Canada, um, and we pray together once a week, and, we, and we, we talk to the Lord. And Evan and Shauna Maxwell, the pastors from Catch the Fire, um, Halifax, um, Evan got really, really sick. He's been sick, but he's been pressing on. Man, we love this man. Um, unbelievable pain in his body. And the medication that he was taking caused some terrible side effects. And so we were praying for him. And, and, you know, there's prayer and then there's another kind of prayer where suddenly you know it's the Lord's heart and you can't stop it. And his compassion is behind that force. And we prayed like that. We prayed like that. I couldn't stop crying on Friday, I knew something really terrible was happening. And Evan went into surgery and the, the doctors were able to rectify the problem. And they said that he would have died without that procedure at that time. Now something bigger happened than than Evan just pulling through that surgery. We saw the body of Christ leaning in with God's heart, fighting for his life. And we participated in that. Sorrow and sighing fled away. Believe me, when we heard that Evan had pulled through, it's like, that's gladness. When you know that God has shown up. I want to see God show up more. And I believe he is saying, I will show up when you are together on the same page. He is calling us together to fight for one another. Psalm 110 says, you will rule in the midst of your enemies. This is another verse that he's been speaking. See, Jesus even said to the Father, Father, don't take them out of the world, but protect them in the world. And we live like this. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. When we're called into community and we're called to love one another, this is the strength of our heart, having each other's backs. There's another table um, that has been spread in Psalm 23:5. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, that joy. My cup overflows. And the circumstances haven't even changed. This guy's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And there, right in the middle of it, the Lord prepares this amazing banquet. And the psalmist sings and rejoices. And he says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That's the Lord's promise to me that surely goodness. And mercy will follow me, just like they were human beings that got my back. See, you and I are that goodness and mercy in other people's lives. And they are that to you. And he is calling us into fellowship with him and with each other in an extraordinary way in the days, of he- in the days ahead and it's not just us. I want us to go to Romans 8.26. Because we have someone else who is praying for us to overcome. It says, in the same way, this, this is verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. In another version it says, the spirit has wordless groans. Do you know, just picture your situation right now where you need breakthrough. What does a wordless groan sound like? I know what it feels like. It's like, ah, ah, oh, oh. and I'm not being overdramatic. The spirit himself intercedes for us with passion, with compassion. He is bent over in delight over us, and He has paid the price. Jesus Christ has paid the price in 34. It says, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding, praying for us. He's not got His hands folded in a prim and proper way. He is there, Aching and hurting along with us knowing that that word has to crack open. And he is cheering us on. He is feeling the very thoughts and feelings that we are because he lives inside and he knows what's in there. He knows who the enemy is and he's the only one that can help us to see who we are and what a threat we are to the enemy. We have beautiful beautiful sons and daughters in this house. You're not just sons and daughters. You're brothers and sisters to each other. I asked the Lord this morning if I could brag on you a little bit. And I haven't approached some of you about this, so your name might come up. I wish I could name all of you, but I don't know all of you. Junko and Ken had a rough year. Junko got breast cancer and she declared the word of the Lord from the get-go and they buried their themselves in God and they applied the word of God and they they went for it. And Junko experienced loss but have I am absolutely amazed. We all are amazed at what a joy-filled woman she was through that whole journey. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And she kept on loving people all the way through. This week, she had reconstructive surgery. And she's not resenting the fact that, that uh, she had loss. She's celebrating the fact that she has reconstruction. <laughs> Praise God. How good is that? Wow. She is a champion. She is not a victim. And God will not leave us as victims. That is his promise. Recently, Lynn and Sunit John had a car accident. Got banged up. And then Lynn fell down the stairs and has fractured her hip. And a few other things I'm not even going to mention. But let me tell you, you guys have rallied. You have gone to visit these beautiful sons and daughters, these champions. And I don't know about you, but if you're in Lynn's presence for long, you come away encouraged. And that is the joy of the Lord right there. And when we support each other, the Spirit of God moves mightily in and through us. The world is watching May and Gerald, I don't know, is Gerald here? No, Gerald's not here, but we can brag on him anyway. Uh, They had, can I just put this in nice religious terms, they had a hell of a year. Just one of the worst possible experiences that one after another, after another. And all they're doing is praying for their family to know Christ and all hell breaks loose And there's loss of life. And there's calamity. And there is one horrible thing after another. Well, let me tell you. These two are shiny. Because they come out the other side. Still loving on people. Getting their strength from God. Getting their strength from the body of Christ. They are champions in our midst. Because... They come out the other side trusting God. And guess who's watching? That family. All those family members are watching to see how their faith endures. Heaven is watching. We have many witnesses that are watching. But God has said they will rule in the midst of their enemies. I could keep going. Rosemary. oh my goodness, I wish I could, I could tell you what a champion this woman is. I think you should ask each other more questions about each other's lives and get to hear each other's testimonies. Don't be afraid to hear what the Lord is doing. Rosemary. you are a beautiful woman of God. And you have been a lover. And we honor that. And we stand with you and your family coming to Christ. And as a church family, we pray for, for your daughter and for Dante, your grandson, that they will know God, his keeping power will rest on them. And they will, not, um, they will their lives will not be sabotaged. The violent take the kingdom by force. And we agree together. For that family to be surrounded. And we press through for breakthrough for them. From every one of their enemies. In Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are champions. Not because of anything that we've done other than clinging to him. And holding on to his word. His promise to us is that we will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Well, the enemy cannot steal your joy if it's Jesus that you're clinging to. And he will not be able to steal your goods if he's the one that you're hanging on to. So ask yourself, ask yourself, do I have a yes in my spirit in this situation that I'm in do I have a, have I pushed everything into, into the center? Have I surrendered to him? I, I firmly believe that we don't know how bad things can get. you can you can make all the resolve in the world and then something happened and, and you think, well I, thought, I didn't know that I was going to react that way and God knows. He knows the grace that he's going to be giving to us. But we need to stay humble and in the right spirit. But at the same time, we need to stand up as sons and daughters and know who we are and know that there's an army that we have, that we're part of. And there's there's another question that we can ask ourselves the people that we live and work with and are related to and are neighbors to, do they see you as a victim or do they see something different on you? Are we being the hope that people need? When the Lord says to us as a congregation, rescue the perishing, how are we going to rescue people if we don't even know who they are? Well, they know who you are. And you have the words of life coming through your pores. And if you are different under pressure than those around you, if you are able to raise your eyes to him and keep your heart fixed on him, his light will radiate in you and through you, and you will have opportunities to love people to Christ. No doubt about it. When people come to you and say, what is it about you? You've earned the right to say, well, that is someone I'd like you to meet. Do you have time to talk? And be normal about it. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. The joy of leading someone to Christ. There is no joy like it. It's like a new baby being birthed. Wow. And he wants us to enter into that joy. When he says that you'll go out in joy, I believe that he means what he says. There's a harvest of souls. And it's going to be all of us entering into that joy. So look at those circumstances that you're in right now and know that he's just stretching that authority that he's given to you. And he wants you to break down that wall. Sometimes we climb it. But I'm, I'm just thinking, let's just take down that wall. There's enough of us. Amen? Amen. So, um, I'm going to leave you again with another challenge. If you have ailments, how does the kingdom of God advance in your life? If you have sickness in your body, don't wait until you have a testimony Go and find someone with that ailment. Right now I'm struggling with with hearing loss. Well, I'm saying, Lord, give me people to pray for that have hearing issues. I want to get my hands on them because I want to see you heal all of us. It's not just about me receiving. If if I got back pain, I'm going to be looking for people to pray for and love on. If I've suffered loss... If I've lost someone, I'm going to find someone that I can comfort. If I'm struggling with fear, then I'm going to look for someone to love on. And if I'm struggling with confusion, then I'm going to look for people that, that have the word of the Lord. And there's a, a unity where you can hear and declare the word of the Lord together. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And Jeremy always says, what's the name of your message? You can call it Swing That Sword with Joy. Amen. So that's, that's what we're going to do.